ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast, podcast where two comedians talk like experts on subjects they're definitely not experts on. I'm Neil. I'm joined by Jordan. Jordan's currently touring at the moment. He's got shows coming up in Melbourne, if I'm correct. Yeah. That was a dry spill, wasn't it? What are the What are the dates for Melbourne? You've got more knowledge than I do. I forgot that it's okay. coming up. Well, they may have already occurred <laughs> by the time this podcast comes out, but if not... National tour, so we'll go in other places. Go and check him out. Yeah. Uh, if I've... you're from Melbourne, come to South Australia. What? Oh, I don't yeah. know. Just, <laughs> look, I don't know how do it works. Do the trek. Yes. Hopefully go there's no the lockouts. Car. There's no lockdowns. Uh, I'm running a, a weekly show in Sydney, so come along to that, neilandfriends.com. We have subscriptions available for this podcast. We have $30 a month, $10 a month, $3, 2 and $1 a month. For $10 a month, we will answer a question. For $30 a month, we will do an entire podcast based on your topic. And all the money from the subscriptions goes straight to charity. So check it out. Go to neilcolhacker.com slash podcasts. And you know what? Let's start with a question this time. We haven't done one for a while. Sure. Let's do it. This one is from Chris. All righty. Dear Neil and Jordan, my name is Chris from Gosnells, Western Australia. Have you heard of that? It's not Perth, so no. It's not Perth. Or what's the other one the, in the top top right-hand corner? Broom. Broom, that's right. Yeah, look. It's not Perth, really, Broom or Kalgoorlie. You've exhausted our knowledge. We don't know. I'm not even sure if Kalgoorlie is in Western Australia. If someone told me it was in Northern Territory, I'd be like, yeah, okay, well, probably. And uh, Rockingham, that's the that's the whole of Western Australia, apparently. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, You make fun of uh, Armadale and Rockingham. Those are the places to make fun of. I do remember Armadale, and thanks for the brief tutorial. I did a show a in Armadale. And how was that? Oh, it was exactly what you did. They needed extra security out the front. Because <laughs> no. too many uh, Darrows kept trying to get into the show. Really? It was one of my first... It might have been... Yeah, it, it was my first ever show outside of Sydney, ever. I did the Perth Fringe. This was in 2014, I believe. And there's a little art centre in Armadale, and it was a makeshift stage. And oh my god, terrible show! But if you happen to be at that show, hope you liked it. As in, you bombed, or you were just constantly getting heckled just, by assumed curses. No, fans. bombed, totally bombed, bombed, man. Not many people there, and uh, well, it's a rough just, neighbourhood. Look, man, I wasn't. I hadn't done a lot of stand-up shows before. This was my second, like I said, first ever outside of Sydney. Mm. But then I did a few in um, Northbridge, which is the party area of Perth. So I'm, getting, I'm doing shows in all the uh, notable areas of Perth. Yeah. The Northbridge ones were great, except I, uh, I came up the stage one night. Dude, the biggest sweat patches under my arms. Disgusting. I know, it's fucked, but welcome to my life. It's every video I do now. Yeah, I have noticed that it does occur quite frequently. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. We need an antiperspirant sponsor for Jordan. Yeah, we do. And we need an antiperspirant that fucking works. Bruce, are they still... A th- I haven't seen any ads for Brute lately. What happened to Brute? So Brute actually is Brute Strength, is it? I think... Is that why it's called know. that? It's it, the heavy gear stuff. Well, they were trying to market it to blokes, obviously, because there was links and... We'll get to the question, but there was... This is more Links and Rexona, which seemed to have a bit of a stylish marketing vibe to them, mm. whereas Brute was just... You you're a real man. Yeah, you're right. a bloke. We're fucking Brute. <laughs> Don't hey, sweat too me. much, can't. But those guys don't want anti blokey guys wouldn't wear a fucking antiperspirant. So what's the fucking 
It just seems like a weird. Who is their market? Yeah. Feminine coal miners. I guess slightly feminine <laughs> coal miners. Yeah. I'm pretty Good manly, luck. but sometimes I sweat too much. Yeah, that's so weird. It's like really you're going after like 50 dudes in WA. <laughs> There's nowhere else. Like I, you're so right. Yeah, that's a that's a strange uh, demographic that they will go. I think that's why they're no longer a thing. I don't know if they yeah, are. Tell me, see, tell, tell us if you still wear brute. Okay, but links. There's always going to be libs in year six. So. <laughs> there's, there's always a anyone, for that. Bro, anyone in year six. Yeah, anyone in year six. Let's extend it out. So it was dominant. Anyone who wore the new links was uh was really popular for a while. Oh yeah. And they drowned themselves in it. It was probably it's probably not healthy. Especially that be. developmental stage. <laughs> no. I think my mum watched something on a current affair once that that's that scared her about links. But you know what? That was once when a current affair probably had a good fear-mongering campaign. <laughs> Those chemicals can't be good. No, you're right. In fact, there is... It always scares me just thinking about this. There is small bits of aluminium in links, and that gets Ugh. lodged into your skin and you can't get it out. Oof. Tiny little... Like little itchies hammering away at Scratchy inside him. That's what's happening. To you. So, yeah, I, I can't recommend not getting that enough. But, look, obviously the eau naturale stuff isn't working. So I'm going to have to find discontinued brute. That's my only option here. But, like, anyway, sorry, like it is your question, but, like, this is very important. Man. Bro, I do what I do, which is wear an unbuttoned shirt now. Yeah, Whenever I do uh, stand-up shows, I'll wear a uh, either a jacket if it's winter or an unbuttoned shirt. What does that do? Well, covers the, the sweat patch will go through the T-shirt, but the unbuttoned shirt, hopefully, unless you're really profuse, profusely sweating. Is that why every comic does that? Yeah, I think it, I think it might be. Isn't it fucked that Trade that is secrets. our version of, like, exercising? Just being in front of lights and being like, huh, just trying like a pig here. And, smo- and while, while you're smoking, to so get the heart rate going. <laughs> Actually, one comic uh, wrote, oh, what's his, I think it was Ben Darso, he's got a good joke about that. He's like... He gets there. It's about he, he'll smoke and drink at the same time, and it's like his cardio, and then and then his um, uh, I can't remember what the analogy is. With look, it's a funny joke. All right, <laughs> fucked it up. Anyway, all right, we'll get back to the question. Dear Neil and Jordan, my name is Chris from Gonzales, Western Australia. I'm a 22, 22 year old gay man studying science at university. I see so many of my straight friends around me settling into life with children, buying houses. Yeah, you do that at 22 in WA. That would not, that does not happen yeah, in Sydney. that's freaking me out. No one who goes to uni in Sydney is having kids by 22. Just me, you, even the super serious Christians, like maybe 25? Maybe 25. Yeah. Well, you just can't in this, like, in this climate anyway. But like, dude, the other thing is, just to give you a translation to what it's like on the east coast of Australia, you saying I'm at 22 and everyone's settling down is like hearing you, someone, you being like, yeah, everyone's settling down at 11. Everyone's got a house, they're married, they're getting kids. Yeah. It's, like it's it's way too young here. Cannot relate. Can't okay. relate. So settling is alive with children buying houses, etc. What advice do you have someone with a slow start to life feeling well, first of all, that's not, that's not a... You don't. You, relatively, for people in Gonzales, that might be a slow start, but any even a, even in Perth, that's probably not a slow start to life, is it? I look, what's the average help, age of settling down in Perth? I don't know anything about WA. Can you just tell us? If you are in Perth, does that freak you out that this guy's sitting there being like, I'm getting left behind at 22? Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm also struggling with dating in general, which is further complicated with a small dating pool. 
can't imagine there's a big gay scene in, in Gonzales. <laughs> <laughs> Any advice would be appreciated if anyone wants to reach out or see what I'm up to. My Insta is at Christopher Lesseter. So that's Christopher spelt the way you'd expect Christopher to be spelt. And then Lesseter, L-E-S-I-T-E-R. Understandably, you're both heterosexual. <laughs> is that that obvious? Thank you. Uh, so I completely understand if you don't feel like you have sufficient authority on the matter, but I'm fucking over straight mates saying things will be all right. When I want some Dr. Phil level real talk. Ooh, and not fluff. All <laughs> well, right. No, so, okay. I mean, that was my advice, but uh, <laughs> all right, let's try and is it, make this a little well, more substantive. Okay, first of all, I think you've got to get out of Gonzales. <laughs> yeah, you do. Gosnells. If, if, especially if you're part of the LGBT community, unless there's a big gay scene there, which I highly doubt, but we can Google that afterwards. I'm, I'm betting my life savings that there isn't. Mm. I, there probably wouldn't be a gay bar. Probably so not. you got to. a gay scene in Perth. Well, you're probably going to have to move to Sydney. You're going to have to move here, <laughs> and 22 will not. <laughs> so the, the, the answer is just move. Like yeah, just, I know. But um, definitely, if, yeah. If, if especially if you want to date as a gay guy, I, I'd at least go to Perth. I'm sure, I'm, sure there, I'm sure there's a gay scene in Perth. But. Well, let's put it this way. There'll be a bigger gay scene there because we know what this city is called. We've never heard of this place. Like, how many people live here? 200? What is the population? What's the, like, what's the well, LGBT population? Like, 8% of the population or something. So, of 200 that, people, it's like 16 people. <laughs> even that's surprising. And most of them would still be in the closet. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how, I don't know how uh, progressive... God's nails is, but um, I tell you what. Though, first of all, don't you, well. It's the, your classic. Don't, stop comparing yourself to others. You, it's all, it's all very relative. It's in your, in your reality, in your environment. You're comparing yourself to people who are already settling into life, having children, buying houses. Uh, again, first of all, that as we're not even being facetious here. In capital cities, that does not happen. <laughs> <laughs> that just doesn't happen. I mean, look, no, it does. It's not the norm. It's uh, it's rare. Yeah, you'd have to be a tech billionaire to get like a house in fucking St George here at twenty two, right? You're a, at or the a, very or least, a like an Instagram dealer. influencer, drug dealers. That's the category that we're talking about here. You're probably talking about teachers. It sounds like people that have just gotten out of university and have yeah. a fifty grand job. And and from the statistics I've read, the best uh, age to get marriage. That's to get married, I should say, uh, with the lowest divorce rate is 29. And the closer your partner is to your age, the less likely you are to get divorced. So 29. Um, there's also there's mixed evidence about uh, when the appropriate time to have kids is. It really differs. They're not, they're, there isn't, because there's advantages for having kids young, namely your energy and you're close to them. You can relate a lot more to them. You're not as much of a helicopter parent. You're not as protective. But... Uh, the average age in Australia now for having kids, I think, is about twenty nine thirty, mm. which which is um, you know, when you go out country, it would be very uh, it would be early twenties, I assume, and then the average it, it probably becomes an average of thirty because everyone in the cities is having kids in their early and mid thirties. Well, I do remember Tanya Plibersek talking to me about this off air, and I was saying you had a kid at forty. What was that like? Was that fucked? And she was like, "No, the one that I had when I was twenty nine was fucked." Like, <clears throat> you're still establishing yourself at that age, and what you lack in 
energy you make up for in experience and patience and also the fact that there isn't those stressful times where you're looking through bills thinking fuck what do i pay for like electricity or shoes you know that doesn't happen at that age so they're just saying like extend it out anyway but the other advantage that i think you have of- he's still studying as well exactly Don't so have- calm down yeah yeah but the other but i would say about Take this like if everybody else is settling down now what is settling down? Really what you're saying is I'm making a little rut for myself. I'm making myself a little burrow and we're just going to hide in there and rear little weasel children. If you're still, you know, uh, growing as a human being, expanding, uh, learning more things before you get into that stage where you're settling down, you're looking at this the wrong way, I swear. You really should be... Uh, look, now we're just imposing big city values onto small towns. Yeah. But I swear... It's such an advantage to just extend that out. I really don't think that you should be thinking about it in this way. And the fact that you're living there, like the fact that people are buying houses, I'm assuming that it's a very low cost of living, living where you are. And the other thing is, dude, you might want to get your freak on, especially because you've clearly put in your Instagram here to try and trawl. But like, <laughs> yeah, but any- <laughs> I, I really think that you should just, there's a really, really good alternative to this. It's called Pornhub. Just be <laughs> as celibate as you possibly can for as long as you can. But a big advantage of being a gay dude is just you get so easy. sex on tap. Yeah. Like, yeah. you just fuck. So, dude, <laughs> get, get to a capital city. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah, but it depends on what you yes, want. Yes, it depends Do you want to get your fuck on or do you want to get advantages in life? Because I really think that those things are, like, mutually exclusive is the wrong word. They are exclusive. Those things really don't find. <laughs> I swear to God, like you know what they had studies Wait, from. Ex- well, not studies, but kind of like reports. What casual sex or or uh, life achievements? Being a celibate and life achievements go hand in hand. I'm really? telling you, they're eunuchs. Eunuchs back in the day, they used to always say, "A, we're way fucking nicer." B, just went up the social ladder, like straight to the top would be the king's advisor. The, the, the that was a, that was a person in the ear. That was a different society, though. I mean, are we are we are we saying that incels have a better ability to climb the hierarchy the uh, the hierarchy of today? Come on, who are the people that are making it to the top? Nerds. A, a small percentage of them. Nerds. A yeah. small percentage of them. I I don't know if uh, on average uh, it would be interesting actually to do a to do a comparison on. Well, you'd have to you'd have to you'd have to sort of control for income and then also social status relative to the amount of sex a man is having. That's true. I'm just going to hazard a guess here. This is my hypothesis. Incels would be at the bottom. Cells would be at the top. Wait, what's it? Celibate, just a straight celibate. Okay, I, I could so get vol puss, cell, vol but I'm cells. not going to vol cells. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, that- yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I reckon that they're at the top, man. Uh, okay, okay. You know, if you have, because that, but you know what that means, right? Because the, the big handicap of incels is clearly they don't have the social acumen yes. to get ahead in life, right. which so is one talk- of the main things you need. So you're talking about someone who has the capacity to sleep around, chooses not to, and pursues uh, more meaningful ventures. Puts all their sexual energy into it. In fact, that was Isaac Newton's whole point. He was always saying, and there's heaps of them. Nicholas Hessler, I think, was one of them. Mm. A lot of them were just saying, I put my sex drive into my inventions. Now, I wish I could do that, but like, you know, we're all only human. But the thing is that you are in the position where you are, it sounds like you would probably be socially intelligent enough to fuck, but you can't fuck. 
And I think that that's hills. a good position to be in. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good take. It's maybe. <laughs> yeah, I uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. I just honestly do think that there is something linked to that. If you have the social intelligence to have sex, but you restrain yourself, because this is especially something about men, sexual energy is a huge driver of men. And if you're putting that into building the Chrysler building. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're you're not wrong there. It can it can you can you can you can become one of those pickup artists that are in their forties and just don't know when to retire. Mm. You know? Mm. They're just okay, you've done it. Like if, if you want to go through a phase where you you're banging just to get that monkey off your back and then have the confidence to know that I can do that, I can go and sleep around, I have the capacity to do that, go through a couple of months or a year of doing that. But then but then I think down you need to yeah, tone it down. <laughs> because look this is something else that i've been reading a lot about recently how they've been saying that the peak years of men are 28 to late 30s like late late 20s to late 30s right Ooh. that's the peak years good coming up they're coming up yeah tomorrow's my birthday is it sorry yeah, man. i, I reached fucking, the, like, so I just, good. as soon as you no, don't I go did. on facebook you don't know when anyone's Dude, fucking birthday that's all so good that's all so good uh quick yeah quick little plug there for all of you Look, I will get someone Subscribe on my social media team to as a, wish you happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, I'll be officially joining the late 20s. Be uh, turning 27, so. Look, honestly, time to I think a, that those are the best Time to stop ages. lusting. <laughs> or maybe it's time to fucking step your game up. It depends. Yes, <laughs> because like, that's, that's, the, that's the age where you can, yeah, you have the most uh, I really do potential. think that. And you know what else as well I think about it, man? Late 20s suits you. Late 20s is, like, going to be your fucking... It is everyone's prime years, but you especially. You kind of have, like, a late 20s uh, personality. You know how some people you meet and they're just like, you're a 50-year-old man, even though you're 12. And some people you meet, like me, I reckon, like, you're like you're 30, but you're an 11-year-old boy. But I think that you are naturally a late 20s man. So, that like, it's just going to okay. fucking work. Oh, I hope so. I'll hold you to that. We can, well, we'll we can, we can come happens. back in three years and see if it's been <laughs> the best years of my life or not. But, like, in terms of, like, physical performance and endurance and... Yeah. In terms, like, it's right, the best right, physical. Like, it's your physical peak as a man. Yeah. And experience, sure knowledge, mental. physical, mental. Yes. All of those things kind of accumulate. And yeah. it's, I think the actual peak is something like 28. And then you kind of just... It kind of just goes like that for yes. a bit. But Already sex drive... I mean, sex drive actually is the highest in your teens... And then oh. it always goes down. Testosterone, however, goes up, up to... Well, your body's always producing new testosterone up to about 26, and then it decreases 1% a year on average. However, there's something... There's two types of testosterone. I don't know this completely, so someone in the comments can, can um, you know, improve on this. But there's, there's free testosterone, and then there's one other one. I'm not sure what it is, but if you keep building muscle mass and things like losing fat and other lifestyle factors, you can actually gain more of one type of testosterone, but the natural type, whatever it is, the, 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 whatever the one type is, will uh, at 26 on average start going down or at least petering out. That sounds about right. Yeah. So by usually by uh, your 50s, you've halved. Mm. But yeah, the thing that these the other advantages I think is like that's your peak. Yes. Those are the best years that you can perform in terms of work or whatever you want to choose to put your energy and focus into. But after that, and this is the really interesting part, there is the prime 
and then there, oh sorry there there is the peak and then there is the prime the prime is late 30s to about 50 and that is because you have the knowledge and resources accumulated in your peak but you still haven't started declining to a point where you you're kind of like controlling things and expanding an organization it's kind of like the the flow of life um, so anyway, what I'm saying is if you're at 22 and people are like peaking there, they're kind of deciding to peak there. It's, it's such a bad way of thinking about things. You really shouldn't. You haven't even physically peaked yet. And you haven't finished your degree. You haven't finished your degree. So just think about, have a, have a 10 year plan maybe. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Like you're Green, horny. Why him, why her? And I think that you should just divert that horniness into your studies. That's my advice. And you know what? Honestly, or move to, or move to Perth. If you want to be horny. But I think that some of the best advice my mum ever gave me actually was saying, don't fuck until you finished your HSC yeah, or you do drugs. That. Yeah, you yeah. said that. That's funny. Yeah, because once you've done that then, I'm, I'm assuming then you're just too tempted and you, you just you know, fuck your, your studies. Your marks go down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Mm. Just try and volunteer to be a celebrate, a celebrate if you can. That's my advice. Which, look, I've got to say is probably a little bit better than like, oh, it'll be all right. Although when you, uh, ha- having sex increases your testosterone. Mm. Whereas um, uh, there's, there's some people say masturbating does, but the, the studies are not clear on that, I don't think. Look, I'll be honest, when I did that No Nut November, I've never had a clearer month in my life. I really think that masturbation is a bad thing. I'm not saying that I don't do it, but I think that if you can avoid it, don't. Yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I'm doing it a lot less, but also it's very hard and yeah, to so completely avoid it. Yeah, four times a day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> yeah, I wish I've, I really wish that I could just have a No Nut year. That'd be fucking amazing, but you know we're only human. I think ideally you want a bit of work-life balance. You want you want a partner, or or if you do want to live that single life, do it in a controlled way. Have a night where you go out, but um, have a major work focus. I think that seems pretty reasonable. I think if you, mm. if you can get you can get that mm. sexual energy out. You don't have to, you know, stay celibate, but uh, once a week, I think is a fair. Oh, yeah. Compromise. It's really about what you want in life. But it seems to me that really what you're saying is I want to have a city lifestyle in the country. It's not going to happen. But I think that when you do go to the city, after a while you realize, wow, everyone here is hollow and vacuous and you'll want to go back to your town. But just get it out of your system. All right. Well, thanks for that, Chris. There you go. We, we, we spent about 15 minutes answering that one thanks for filling up our content for us chris good on you <laughs> check him out on instagram christopher lesiter l-e-s-i-t-e-r if you're a gay man in uh gosnells slide into those dms yep just hit, hit the more man up. nude pictures chris that's in that's my p- last piece of advice <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i was reading i read it i i, I read another study the other day i'm we're not gonna we're not gonna focus this on this for the whole podcast but uh they did a study with undergraduate students where they gave them a mock test and they told there were two control groups. They gave they told one control group that they performed really poorly and one control group that they performed really well, even though that's not actually how they performed. They just told them that and they believed it. And then they asked them about 
various sporting teams of their university or just associated with their town. And the ones that didn't perform well were more likely to include themselves in the sporting team. So more likely to say things like, we did well or us and we're going to be going well. Whereas the ones who uh, seemingly performed well uh, were less likely to uh, attach themselves to the tribe, if you will. And I think what you can deduce, or, or at least what I deduced from that study, is that when serotonin goes down, your uh, your inherent tribalism, your insistence on tribalism will go up. Fuck. Don't you think? And And maybe that's just my confirmation bias. But I see that everywhere. I mean, look at the people who are really obsessed with their ideologies. These are people that... Losers. I mean, they're ugly. They are. (laughs) It's not just that. So ugly. But it's... um, I don't know if it's specifically serotonin. I'd love to see that study. I wonder if there is a study of just measuring levels of serotonin and whether or not you are more likely to engage in uh you know stricter tribes or groups say really adhere to us to a religious ideology or to a nationalistic ideology or to a progressive ideas i'd love to love to see some some research done on that but i would guess that it would be the case that the people who are you know fervent adherence to to uh uh really uh, extreme ideologies are people that otherwise are low on the social hierarchy of the mainstream society. So if you're doing bad in the, in, 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 in a given social hierarchy, you're more likely to attach yourself to some sort of outsider tribe. It seems it, it, it makes logical sense. It fucking fits. But just, you know what else it kind of proves? Seeing that was... Uh, it was it was it was interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think it also proves that like sport, the substitute to success. Yeah, because the guy, dude, you, you know what the guys are like that are just obsessed with their footy teams. There's always like a bunch of really really obese bogans that religiously Drugs. follow. They go to they don't even go to the the New South Wales Cup, which is the second tier NRL games. They go to like the I think it's called the the Bundaberg Cup or something or the like the the third tier games, and they know all the players from <laughs> from those third squads. Tier. Third tier, yeah, they know all the juniors, and they Fuck. come with like a like hot dogs in a in a thermos, and they're the characters. That's Every horrible. all the players know them, and and well, these are people that now have a group to belong to. They have a purpose. We can cheer and support our team, and we're contributing to their success. This is freaking me out. This is actually really scary because now that I think about it, every single person that I've ever been in an argument with where I just think, fuck, this person's got no good points at all. You're right. They're extremely, yeah, yeah, they're just extremely enraptured in their ideology and they're clearly fucking losers. Like they clearly just kind of fucking suck. I, All it's, around. it's sad in a way. Well, we're we're very inherently hierarchical. So there's always going to be people at the bottom of the totem pole. So what is their evolutionary strategy to to pass on their their genes or their memes? 
want to reference the podcast we did a few weeks ago. I don't think they're spreading memes. Are they just the victims well, of memes? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, then they have to meme casualties. adopt an eye. <laughs> the meme wars have taken so many lives. They have. So it's really stepped up since 2010. It just makes sense that, that, that adopt an ideology that gives them a, a purpose and tells them, no, the rest of society is flawed. You're great though, because you're you're a you know you're virtuous now that you've adopted this, or you're you're a warrior. You're fighting for a righteous cause. I mean, look, not that the, yeah, and and just really briefly, I'm not I'm not just dismissing anyone who's part of any group, but but I would guess that the 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 lower the serotonin, maybe, then the the greater the level of irrationality in the adherence to that group. So you can't actually think critically about that group that's what i'd maybe i'd 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 guess i'd Fuck, hypothesize so I don't really know. what you're saying is the higher your self-esteem is everybody is victim to certain bubbles of group think and identities yeah. but what you're saying is that these people i don't know like mid to high tier people i suppose kind of just whatever the environment they're in it kind of just subconsciously starts to affect them but it sounds like you're saying these people voluntarily go into these groups so, well, and I don't, just sip the red cordial. I don't know if it's... Well, voluntarily... Well, yeah, yes. Voluntarily. It seems yeah, like it. It's, yeah. Because, like, when they got low test scores, they were just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michigan's we doing well. well. Yeah. We, yeah, I, I, I feel bad, so I'm going to attach to... A, I'm going to, you know, uh, connect to this group because they're doing well. We can share the burden then. You know what else it is as well? <coughs> it's a classic self-help point that uh, to ex- ex- excel in life, it requires a lot of self-reflection. And the person that is able to reflect on themselves most accurately is able to get further ahead in life because they have less blinders on. But it seems like these people are doing everything they can not to self-reflect. They're attaching to something else that's not them. Well, maybe they're, they're suffering and they're in too much pain to truly self-reflect because they're so low on the hierarchy that it's too confronting to to accept that they're just that inferior. So it's a lot easier for them to find a, a different reality or, a, you know, a different way of seeing the world. Fuck, I'll tell you what, it's really... It's really making a lot of sense what the point of predatory marketing is. <clears throat> because that's all mm. about identifying uh, why someone feels insecure about themselves and then preying on it. Like, I, you know what the really, really classic example of that is that, like... Uh, here at Gillette, we believe that men can be better. <laughs> you know what they were really <laughs> aiming at there? Because every, well, there was all these like women. chads or whatever. No. There was all these like, you know, cunts that were just being like, oh, I'm not buying it again. Fuck them. And they, just, they, they went out, right? Uh-huh. But you would see a common trait with all of them. They had those really fucking testosterone-y faces. You know, but uh, dude, 
All the fucking cucks that work at Junkie and shit like that were like, finally, a razor that tells it like it is. Like, they were aiming at people that fucking believe that they're shit cunts. That's their target market. They, they were aiming for right. because they were saying like people that are most susceptible to advertising are the people with the lowest self-esteem. We're going to go with people who have the lowest self-esteem. Do you think they thought that deeply or do you think they were so far entrenched in their, uh, you know, metropolitan liberal elite bubble that they g- legitimately thought this would be a successful campaign because, oh, it's uh, transformative and it's pushing the boundaries and it's saying something political. That's what people want. That's what people on Twitter want. No, it's not what the average consumer wants. It's just what you want. Do you think? Do you think it was it was a, a sort of evil genius move, or it was just stupidity? It's hard to tell because both of those things sound like they could be the case. Yeah, because it is a multi-billion-dollar company. I would imagine that they would have access to some really smart marketers. Maybe that's, that's a fair point. Or maybe they just have a bunch of people that are in group think that just went to fucking you know Stanford and shit. And they all just have that view of themselves now. It could have been either. I don't know, but I do know that that is something that, especially now, because they were saying that the average, you know, back in the 50s or whatever, apparently before somebody considered buying your product, they needed to see your advertisement twice. Now they need to see it 40 times. Uh, What? Because you just... Everything's fucking advertising. Yeah, okay, Everything's so commodified. A... So, and there's so many options okay. of advertising. So people just get numb to it. So really the tactic now is to go for people that are actually still susceptible to advertising. And the higher self-esteem you have in life, the more you realize like, I don't really need uh, shoes that light up when I walk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, bro. I mean, it is bad. uh, (laughs) No one's saying that. All right, that's a bad example. Yeah, yeah, okay. Look, I do want those shoes. But again, the reason that I want those shoes is because it's a joke. It's not because I'm just like, this will get me, like people think I'm mad then, right? Like, but there is, that's who you're trying to aim for with that, right? Like you're always just being like, you suck and you know you suck. But if you get this, you won't suck. Is it you suck and you know you suck or is it that... You're, you're, you know, they're, they're feeding them a narrative that they actually like to think about themselves. You're powerful. You're sexy. You're confident. And, and you should buy this car. Uh, actually, yeah. You know what? Again, that goes into who you're trying to fucking sell to. But if you're trying to sell razors that are one use, you're probably going for a bunch of um, <laughs> fucking, what are they called? New males. You're probably going for that kind of crap. I don't new mail. Know. What's a new mail? New mails are just like they're, they're just as in N U or N E W. N U. You know it when you see it. It's pretty much just any guy in Surrey Hills that has this voice, pretty unassuming. Just like going to see plays, I guess. Nintendo's pretty cool. Remember Nintendo's? <laughs> like those kind of people. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hate everyone from Surrey Hills. I so fucking hate. I them. love it. <laughs> and you know what else as well? I think everybody else does. I was really thinking about this. Like there is not a more detested group <laughs> than hipsters. No one fucking likes it. Hipster's still a thing though. Like That was a thing. In 2013, 14, everyone was using the term hipsters. Is, is it still? Because I think hipsters well, are the guys now? with the big beard, but uh, <clears throat> they drink craft beer and they drive hybrids or Teslas. But... Um, 
I guess they still exist. They exist. You know what they well, are, I don't though? Even know they're, they're just hip. parents they're now just, because they're, like, in their 40s. Yeah, they're not at the forefront of culture <coughs> anymore. They're no. just uh, – they're, they're corporates. They're not hipsters. Yeah, it's just kind of like, um, you know, arty corporates. People that work in PR, marketing, yeah. you know, yeah. product design, that kind of stuff. But they, like, okay, whatever. Like, that Surrey Hills crowd. That's why the girls in, in Surrey Hills are so mad because they got those guys. <laughs> so they've been fed this ideology, like, this is a good man because he's he's sensitive and he's sweet. But then their they're deep, intrinsic, physiological need for a alpha male provider is left unfulfilled. Oh, it's so obvious. <laughs> it's really obvious that that's what happens. And you know what else as well? Because, look, I am of that age where I have friends that are hipsters. Every, whoa, every yep. hipster I know has serious problems with women. Like they can't get them for shit. They're just terrible <laughs> at picking how up. much you hate your friends. <laughs> who, do you, who do you hang out with, bro? You've said like you've uh, got this one friend, cult, it, these people who are in their 30s and are virgins or something. It's I mean, just, look, there's nothing wrong with that or whatever. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> You're right, actually. Maybe I should stop saying that. They probably will listen to it one day and just be like, I know he's talking about me, but I can't prove it. Um, <laughs> I feel bad now. But look. Well, one minute you say, you're saying you should stay celibate, but now you're saying. No, they're they incels. Yeah, they're not okay, cells. So they're, so they're not vol cells. Okay, you want a vol cell, not an incel. Yes. Okay. They are incels. All right. And it's because they just live in that. Just, and again, it's this thing of like they've bought into a culture, and I think because of low self esteem, that they. <gasps> I could reveal something. I could reveal something about this, but so they're attaching themselves to no. It's too personal. I can't social it and political ideas that they think are at the forefront of culture, and they think are well transformative and almost still radical. But but they can they can they can still uh, get those ideas through in their corporate marketing job. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> can't be a radical <clears throat> if you wear a suit. No, Christ, no. <laughs> You're buying. A hundred percent into whatever is the group think of the day. You are just thinking of ways to put a little spin on it. But really, what are you doing there? You are making corporate friendly shit. Mm. And what is corporate friendly shit? Conventional thinking. Mm. I don't know. I've, I've met a few. Uh, I think there's a, there's there's some hipsters that are quite. Uh, they're all right. We mean all right. I think the earlier hip, like the late two thousand hipsters. That actually kind of started that movement, if you want to even call it a movement. What, you Gavin McInnes's? Uh, well, not him specifically, but uh, that ilk. But the, do, the thing, you know what that is they're now that in you're their, watching? They're like <clears throat> early 40s now. The ones that started it, I guess they still dress like that, but they wouldn't have the mentality of the people that came after them. I think that's, that's what's going on there. They kind of started this trend of just being like, oh, going to the op shop. That's kind of kitchen cool. And then having a beard, wearing a, wearing a flannel. That's <laughs> yeah. what I do. And then it's- you know what it went to? Dude, it went to the worst. This is actually the gripe. It's not actually hipsters. You know what it is? Rich kids that grew up in rich suburbs that moved to the inner city. I don't know why, but that is a real demographic of people that have low self-esteem. <laughs> I don't know what it is. 
But I think that's probably one of it is just like, dude, if you're a Chad rich guy, you're just going to be around on your fucking boat with your six pack flailing out and your nautical nautical fucking shirt, right? Like on your dad's yacht, just being like, oh, living life, that's fucking mad. But like, if you're rich, why would you romanticize and pretend that you're poor? What's the fucking logic behind that? It's bohemian. They want to still live a rich... They still are rich. I mean, they've... But they like to glamorize poverty. Yeah, I think it's about... It's a... They want to live as though they're in downtown New York, which is the port, which is the sort of art, artsy area of New York. I don't know if it's downtown, but it's... I think I think they have guilt. Not not white guilt, but rich guilt, upper class guilt. So this might be an offset for it. Moving to a gentrified area of the city and being part of the masses. It's fucking weird. Look, all I'm saying is that I think that it's just this thing of if you're not comfortable with who you are, you are very susceptible to groupthink and marketing. And what you are saying there proves that. Because you know what else as well? If you got like a low test result and you had a good self-esteem, you probably wouldn't just be like, oh, my team's doing well. You'd probably just be like, oh, yeah, I'm a dumbass, mad. Anyway, and just move on with your life. Potentially, yeah. But I mean, these guys—I don't—I don't know if they controlled for self-esteem or anything like that. But it sounds like that's what's happening. It's like a personal attack at their ego. Mm. They're feeling vulnerable, and so they try and blend in like a bunch of zebras, just being like, mm. <laughs> "Yeah, that's a that's a good analogy." I'd I'd say yeah, you, you know, your self-esteem is going to always have little hits here and there. You do badly on a test, and there's a let's say 50 is the average and then you want to try to go towards 100 and then there are some people who are closer to zero. So doing badly on a minor uni test, you might go from 50 to 45 or not even at 47 and it's always fluctuating throughout the day. But then, you know, say you go through a a breakup or something like that, then your average peters out to like 20 or something and maybe then you get a promotion, you work on yourself, you get a sick rig. (laughs) <laughs> and then you go, and then, then a year later you go up to sixty. So there'd be a, there'd be a a, a, a long term average of your self esteem, and then the general fluctuations throughout the day, which is little things. You know, you do if you're a podcaster, you do a good podcast, it goes up one point. You sleep well, you eat well, you get all the stuff done you need to do throughout that day. It goes up three points that day, mm. but then another day you, I don't know, you find out. A bunch of people on the internet are hating on you and goes down two points. Goes down, yep. Whereas whereas if you're already a low self esteem person, it would go down five points. Mm. So that so the rate at which it goes yeah, the lower the closer you approach zero, the rate the rate I forget my year eleven maths, but um it's sort of it'll be like a cliff. It yeah, starts yeah, petering yeah. out to zero, like at at a hundred, it's very low it's very hard to dip down but then as you get lower and lower each hit to your self-esteem would have a have a, a much more substantial impact. effect yeah oh that's a scary thought yeah. but it's tr- it, it would be very true because insecure people something uh, very minor would affect them a lot uh, uh, have a greater impact than someone with high self-esteem you know what then you're really getting into buddhist territory which is that really 
when you're valuing yourself on external things, you're just always going to be part of that roller coaster. And you're always just trying to look for things to try and mm. pump yourself up. And you're looking for like external examples of like, I have this car. I'm friends with these people, you know? Have you ever noticed that? Like people that are always, fuck, it's such a thing that I've noticed in this industry. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of fucking leeches that, as I've just been saying about a certain group of people that I'm doing a video on, they're just like, the you know, the pin-up boys of late-stage capitalism. That happens so much in the entertainment industry. There's all these fucking leeches that don't actually produce anything. They just sit there and they take 20% off this artist, 20% off that artist, 20% off this artist. They don't actually help the artist. And they kind of just sit around. And if you listen to those it's people... every manager. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? But the, but the sooner you just accept that, the better you can choose one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, you really... If you are going into... The arts. You don't even need a manager these days because of the internet. <clears throat> exactly. You can try get a, a a mate or a PA or something like that. That's that. That's if you've a got much the better money way to do it. Get a get a PA. I'm looking at uh, doing that soon. I just got to work out my finances. Um, but if I could have someone work for me one or two days a week and do all the admin, all the emails, and all the stuff I don't want to do, if I can afford that, that'd be sick. Exactly. I'm just not sure right now. But the thing is, come that- to my show. Yeah. And I can afford a bear. <laughs> Neil's charity drive. <laughs> <laughs> Neil's charity drive for a part-time PA aside. Uh, no, actually, that is really <laughs> integral to it. Like 21-year-old the- intern that I have an affair with. Yeah. That's what, that's what happened. That's the yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there any, is there bachelor, any, yeah, is there any successful man who doesn't have an affair with the intern? You, it's... I just think that you're not a successful man until you do. It's part of the package. <laughs> you got to do it. <laughs> and and your marriage stays intact. Oh, no, that's <laughs> real. The wife turns a blind eye, knows what's happening. That's real success. <laughs> you're, you're infidelity proof. <laughs> yeah, man. That's... Uh, that's what I think happens uh, in in those situations. Is like uh, you you you're really if if you're value if you you are valuing yourself externally, it really is a loser game. You are going to be either constantly seeking a high or trying to avoid a low. But surely hierarchies are just an innate part of being not even human, an animal. Mm. So we're going to be measuring ourselves whether we whether we realize it or not. But Who's measuring themselves the least, I think, moves forward in life the most. You think so? I fucking do. I really do. Because, mm. well, I'd just say if you're you're consciously trying to put yourself up and and, and find, as you say, external factors to uh, increase your worth, that already sounds like a losing strategy. Whereas someone who is high in a given hierarchy doesn't need the external factors. They're just naturally there based on what they're doing in their lives. They're not trying to search for that external validation. They're not thinking, oh, if I get that car, that will uh, move me up the social ladder. No, they're just working. And because they've been working in the correct capacity, they're automatically moving up. They're not looking to move up. It's just a byproduct of what they're doing. Exactly. 
Exactly. But but the hierarchy still they're not consciously measuring themselves. Well, this is oh God, every fucker. If you've got to take a shot every time I mention, but you know, that's what Jordan Peterson says when he talks about <laughs> where he gets in trouble. And and yeah, I don't know how. I I. I why is he like getting trouble for that? For saying that hierarchies exist? No, because the way he he just uses the lobster as an example, and people so, just think it's 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 stupid that he talks about lobsters. But they're stupid because they don't realize what he's saying. What he's saying is that lobsters also have a hierarchy, and their serotonin levels uh, are dependent on where they sit on the hierarchy. Humans have that too, and we branched off from lobsters three hundred and fifty million years ago in the evolutionary timeline. So that's how deeply embedded social hierarchies are in our very being. Mm. That's the point he's trying to make. And people are like, oh, he talks about lobsters. He's so dumb. But they are always people that are low. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I always see that. Low That's Tony. something that I see constantly over and over. All these smug cunts online that are like, mm, you believe in Jordan Peterson, that's a dumpster fire. And you can just tell from their language and the fact that they never have anything except a smug comment with his name in it, no actual attacks. And if they do have attacks, it's always like, look at this video of someone else who has low serotonin who's shitting on them. They speak for me. But you know, you never see anyone who's well-adjusted and going anywhere in life that's just like, Jordan Peterson is trash. What are you again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I run three businesses. You, you, anyone who is running three businesses will look at Jordan Peterson and be like, "Yeah, he's got some good advice." You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he, okay, but is this person who's running three businesses aren't they seeking? Well, not not maybe not seeking external f- uh, validation, but they 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 are trying to move up in a in the hierarchy of our society. Oh, I'm not saying that. I am saying that you cannot avoid this but i'm saying that you should be implementing a way of looking at life that tries to develop the fucking logical part of your brain more so you're not constantly susceptible to it like a lobster is the reason i guess that he's using lobsters is because they have such a primordial brain right yeah and so what you're trying to do constantly is to just Get yourself out of it and just being like, am I trying to seek status here? If you if you can get away from trying to seek status, I swear that you move, you actually ironically become higher up in status. Yeah, it's one of it can be one of those things where the more you actually forcibly try to seek it, the further it gets away from you when you're pushing it away. Because I think that's people, just that's what happens to everything in life. Yeah, doesn't pe- matter what the fuck you want. People with high status aren't overtly trying to peacock their status. No, it's kind of just implied. Yeah, so uh, really people who aren't insecure about their wealth don't feel the need to flaunt it. Hmm. So Bill Bill Gates and uh, Zuckerberg wear daggy clothes and they just wear <clears throat> T-shirts and jeans. And people who are uh, really good, I suppose, at dating or at just at, you know, attracting the opposite sex, they never brag about it. The people who are constantly bragging about it are the ones that I would guess are insecure about. I don't know if they're distinctly lying, but if you feel the need to constantly brag about something, it means there's 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 probably some sort of hole within you. When yeah. you didn't have it when you were younger. You're just trying to convince yourself. That's really what's happening there. Like, when you're doing that, you're looking for validation and social cues off of other people going, wow, she's a 10 and stuff like that. 
what you're really looking for is for someone to confirm in you that you are acceptable at that point, really. If you're constantly bragging about, like, you know, I dated this chick and all that kind of stuff, or, like, money or anything like that. It's all just a sign of the same thing. It's just, like, some people overcompensate and some people just play the victim. But they're both one of the same thing. It's somebody who kind of just sits there quietly, day in, day out, working diligently at something big. Those people, I think, are the ones that end up going... Obviously, they're the ones that keep going because they're not seeking... This is what I'm saying. It's like the same thing how Buddhists are... I say this all the time, but Buddhists earn the most amount of money in the US as a religion. More than atheists, more than Christians, more than Muslims. Really? It's Buddhists. Yeah. They're at the top. Hmm. Why? Because their entire life... Their entire philosophy, I suppose, is about kind of just getting rid of the fucking highs and lows of life. So you've just got this attitude. Mm. You're able to move around. I mean, you're able to move up as a result of that because you're just kind of able to clearly see, all right, I need to get to that stage now. Oh, I didn't make it. Okay, whatever. I'll try again. As opposed to like, no, I didn't make it. Fuck, I'm not worth shit. You know? Do you think there's some, there's some worth to having good good times and fun memories where your dopamine may be... Quite hard. I'm not talking about drug frenzies or whatever, but you know, you go on a nice, uh, a, a big bush walk, and then you get to the top of the mountain and you see a good sunset. I'm, that's a very wholesome example. But even going on a a nice date, and then maybe you do, you don't get blind drunk, but you know, bottle of wine or something, and you have a you have a fun night. If you can, if you can do that once a week, and and then still be pursuing that major goal. Do you think that's a better because then you're still having a slight high there? Do you, do you think you should totally try to cut any of those experiences out and just go for a plateau in your dopamine levels? Look, I'm going to say yes, but that's because my immediate inclination in life is to build something as big as you possibly can. But I understand that there's a lot of people out there that don't want to do that. Well, yeah? what I'd I'd just say that you do you think there's a point wherein the time you spend building this grand empire, it becomes uh, less effective if if you're not if you're not having some variety in your life. Yes, and I know that from experience. But I'm just saying, like, it depends on what you are trying to do hmm. with the time that you have alive, and if you want to. Uh, you know, climb the fucking top of the lobster ladder. The way to do that is to just kind of live a prisoner lifestyle without going to jail. So you can just, you know, you're just really sitting there wearing the same clothes. You're doing the same actions over and over and over again. And as a result of doing these actions and honing the actions, you're trying to be a robot. That's really Mm. what you're trying to do there. Those people get to the top because they're doing something that is extremely valuable to society that no one else is willing to do because everybody else is looking for the highs and lows. And now you're just talking about a question of whether you should be actually pursuing that in life. But that's a question for you, right? But if you want to get to being at the top of a, a, stru- a structure, I really think that like you shouldn't be aiming to reach the top of the structure. You should sort of be building your own structure, I suppose, no, I'm not saying the choice between building something big or pursuing the highs and lows, but could you concurrently be pursuing something big and then have time for, well, a social life? I think it's just like, dude, 
it's it's what's happening to the corporate sector in Australia, for instance. I know that uh, because my girlfriend used to be in corporate in, in a corporation that had fifty branches across the planet, mm-hmm. and so they used to go on exchanges everywhere. Everyone wanted to come to Australia, even fucking people from New Zealand. Why do they want to come here? Because we have one of the best work life balances. The mm-hmm. rest of them have a, a work in fucking 12, 14 hour days every day, maybe more, you mm-hmm. know, maybe 20 hour days. But that is the stereotype of Australia. We are, we're easygoing and we're easygoing. But as Kevin Wright points out, we have the laziest corporate system in the world. They don't actually have any brands that are globally recognized, which is insane for a developed nation. Pretty much every other developed nation will have something that everyone's just like, yeah, yeah I know what that is. You know? uh, and that is because they have real workaholic. Co- it's, so it's, again, like people will just be like, yeah, well, thank God we live in Australia. Maybe, maybe. It depends what you want in life. Yeah, that is, uh, you, you know, you, you, you have an advantage if you are, more socially inclined, I suppose, and if you're maybe mid-tier or low-tier of the hierarchy in Australia, but if you are one of these... Super achievers. Yeah, or <laughs> drones that are very high achieving, then you are better off in, say, America or a more, um, even more individualistic society. Yeah, well, look, this is the thing. Everybody who is a go-getter at her corporation, they didn't stay in Australia. They all went to the US, they all went to London... Some people went to Japan, but they were just like, that's too fucked even for me. And so they just went to other ones because like Korea and Japan are definitely the height of that. But the results are there. These are countries that were as poor as Ethiopia after World War II. Now they're richer than we are. And it's because they have that life is not about fun. Life is about getting from point A to point B. Yeah. Okay. So it's really the yeah like that's that's where you get with that but like in terms of in in terms of uh yeah th- that study I think that that's really indicating that it's just that like if you are judging your value off of external factors like a test score or something that's what's going to happen you're going to buy into groupthink and what happens when you buy into groupthink your life turns to shit. Well, eventually there'll be some collective factors that will determine your status, though, because you can't just say I'm high status. You, you your status will be judged by the collective. But I'm going to wager that the people that people would be saying like that guy's high status. I bet it's like what The Rock was saying, right? How be the hardest per- working person in the room. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone now is just like, yeah, The Rock's killing it. But I, look, the thing is, he's not a fucking good actor. Will, yeah, in, in 50, 50 years after he's gone, will people remember The Rock? I mean, maybe, but he's not going to be one of the most notable artists of the 21st century. I, don't, I mean, maybe, I don't know. But maybe he will because everyone knows his name. Really, that's all it comes down to in terms of notoriety. If you're talking about somebody that sure. changed the game, but again, I bet you that person that changed the game is completely devoted to their art. So it's just like Rock was just looking sure. for like, I'm looking for the most quintessential Hollywood successful lifestyle. And why is he doing that? Because I'm guessing he was a Marine or some shit before he was a wrestler. He wanted to be a pro football player. His dad was a wrestler and then he went into wrestling. So I know. 
it's the same thing as like you see a lot of athletes that once they fuck up their ankle or they get too old, they usually start a business. Or I know one that was aiming to be a pro tennis player, sprained their ankle, couldn't do it anymore, and then got into Sydney Uni Law, right? Yeah. Because they have that drive. They have that discipline, that motivation. And a lot of discipline and motivation is just stripping away temptation. Being like tempted by the yeah. goal in front of you. Fair. But something like Sydney Uni Law, it's still a very that's a very status driven endeavor. Oh yeah. So and they you're are still looking for external cunts. validation for your status there. Oh they are. Believe me they are. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is that like, you know Shout out. I, I think that if you looked at the average Sydney Law student and then you looked at the average uh What's what's a, an example that we could use here? I don't know. Cunt that didn't go to university that's just sitting around doing drugs. I would imagine that the guy sitting around doing drugs is much more susceptible to like drama and things that are happening in their life. Whereas like the Sydney uni student, because they've just got something bigger to focus on. They're kind of thinking, oh, fuck, that sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, this this guy's richer than me. Fuck, okay. But the, they'll, they'll keep studying. There won't be as much variation where they're just like, oh, I'm going to freak out and crash my car, you know. I don't know. That's my <laughs> okay, guess. Okay. That is my guess there. Sure. I think, yeah, big goals. Big goals, the, the volume of big goals kind of cancel out the noise of day-to-day life. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I definitely think having long term goals is 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 helpful, and especially as someone who I think is very dependent on on a consistent level of serotonin. I do feel like the last couple of months, some of my bigger goals have uh, floundered. I don't know how passionate I still am to. I remember a podcast about a year and a half ago. I said, "What's you? What do you want to do?" You said, "What do you want to do by fifty? I want to create." And perform one of the best stand-up specials of all time. I don't know if that's still something I want to do. And I'm thinking about what my goals actually are, to be honest. Because I'm, first of all, I'm really enjoying these podcasts. Mm. I, I'm really enjoying... I, I, I always thought that would just be a supplement to comedy. But and I think comedy is where I'm most innately talented. But uh, I'm really enjoying just hashing out ideas and, and thinking. Mm. I like the idea of, I don't know if I'd ever be a public intellectual or anything like that, but just being a commentator now. Not necessarily a comment, not not some Alan Jones type hardline, one-sided, but uh, just a, just what I do on these podcasts, just discussing at length. You do like doing that. Yeah, sort of jumping in between a little bit of banter, but then also getting quite in depth yeah, with you, my, uh, you know, exploration of various ideas. I, I'm really enjoying that. So I don't know if I want to go more along that path or stick to the comedy route or just keep doing them 50-50, which is sort of what I'm doing now. Well, actually, I was talking to Christo about this a while ago and he was saying, why do you think Neil made it? And we we're just trying to, like, come up with reasons for that. And his main reason was you can tell that that guy just thinks things out longer than the average person that's trying to make it in comedy. It's a strength of yours to just think at length about something. Well, it's not hard to be 
comparatively disciplined in in something like stand up comedy. It's a, it's a very uh, well. See, that's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah, but but uh, I think that's with any field. I think that with any field, yeah, most people Australia. just don't have the fucking dis. Yeah, you're right. Look, <laughs> if you're in China or Japan, I honestly we'd think be working, like people who like work on job sites and in coal mines like work harder because they're up first of all they're up so early they do like really back-breaking work oh yeah by the time they're in their 50s their body's half dead because they've been smoking and fucking drinking six beers a day at minimum yeah and then going out with all of that acid of your body and doing things that just like yeah contorting it yeah <clears throat> contorting it and wearing it out. Look, I, I still think there's something to be said about uh, I don't uh, maybe not the ethos of adopting an ethos of work hard, play hard. I don't think I and it, it you know different strokes for different folks. I couldn't go out and drink every night. Um, if I ever am doing that, there's usually issues going on. But once a week or twice a week, I'm trying to right now. I'm trying to just drink twice a week. So Thursday when I do my show, I'll have a few beers and then Friday. Uh, you know, could be date night or it could be just hanging with the boys. Mm. But um, I'm enjoying that work-life balance, but I'm still working, I like to think, quite hard and getting everything done. Sure, I'm missing out on those couple of... Well, Thursday would be work anyway, I'm performing, but I'm missing out on a potentially a couple of hours on Friday night, but realistically the sort of mental acuity I can then achieve for having that reprieve from from focusing on whatever it may be, comedy or, or, or reading or whatever it is, I then am more productive anyway, having had that release, if you will. Mm. That could you be could an be excuse. Right. I don't know. You No, I think that actually that does make a lot of sense. You Look, that pr- that may well be the case. Mm. I'm not in the position to say that because I don't. Like I'm just a complete robot. But <laughs> you are, yeah, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you're probably right. And you know what? Actually, it does. Well, you're breaking governments. I'm going viral on TikTok, so yeah, I think it shows. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what's sad? It's pretty much the same mechanism these days. It's pretty pathetic that yeah. that happens. But um, yeah. I think that uh, that's that definitely look that happened. But if I was going to do that, probably what I would be doing is still combining it with work life. As soon as COVID stops, I'm going to a bunch of countries and making a bunch of vlogs, preferably dangerous countries. Nice. And I think that while you're doing that, you're kind of scratching. See, that's the thing. If you can. I think probably the best way to do it is to try and figure out a way that you're kind of working while having fun. Yeah, everyone. You scratch two itches then. Yeah, and there would be ways to do it. That's always the same thing. It's just like whatever you need at the time. There's always a better way of getting that need. Yeah. But I mean, look, any society you need, you also do need people. I mean, this podcast, I suppose it's a big part of this is catering to people who are at the very least ambitious, but you do need people who are just, well, by any, with any hierarchy, there's going to be people at the lower end of that hierarchy. Oh yeah, that's true. And there's just, there's going to be people, do, do you think we need 
you know, fun people who are a bit more relaxed, who are affable and I guess enjoy life. And then that sort of gives a bit of a balance to society. Whereas if you, I don't know exactly what the culture in say places like Japan and Korea are like, but is it, is it just too robotic and they almost lack a certain element of, well, being being human, which is yeah, definitely having some emotional highs and lows mm. because the suicide rate is, is quite high in those countries. Mm. The, the birth rate is very low. But that's the whole thing about the hierarchy there, I suppose, which is that if you are not, they kind of just put in a standard for the hierarchy. And if you don't meet that standard, their mm. answer is kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's a brutal society, that, a very, yeah. very brutal society. Mm, mm. So they've really just put in the strict standards there, but uh, can't argue that it doesn't get results. I feel like Australia, coming from that very working class background, where you did, you toiled hard on the farm, or you know, on the tools, or whatever it may have been, it was physical backbreaking work, and then. You partied hard because that was just what you did in the 1800s and most of the 20th century. You, you just, to cope with that lifestyle, you just had to have eight beers. And I always <laughs> used to judge that, dude. The, I went sheep shearing once and I just could not wait to get fucking pissed after. Really? The, yeah, man. Yeah. Every other time I'd drink, I'd, I'd feel a little bit guilty. But um, unless I'd achieved something big, like done a big show or but that day, it's just eight hours of just shearing fucking wool. Like, fuck. I need makes a sense. drink. Yeah. So I think when you do those sort of jobs, it's easy for us to judge. But if you're working a corporate job, and but that's, they drink, they the, the booze they have is insane. You know what I think it is? It's they just a job hard. that is fucking monotonous. It's a job that's monotonous. You need to get pissed. It's not that you need to get pissed. It's just that that's the easiest way to change your state after that. Um, because I always remember this. I was living with Mislov up in Lithgow when he was working at his restaurant. And he'd do 12-hour days. And everyone that works at a restaurant, I remember the best way to sum it all up is there was a chef that was working there who said, yeah, that's it. 10 years, I'm out. And they said, what are you going to do? And then he said, I've got a job lined up where I'll be digging tunnels. And then people were saying, that sounds like backbreaking work. And he said, that is. And they said, why are you doing it? And he said, because anything would be better than being a chef. And I fully understand that. Damn. Like, it's a fuck job. It really is. It's I've just heard. so much pressure yeah. all the time. Everyone's just constantly complaining. You've got, like, 10 orders. Someone comes back and says, oh, you know, this this steak isn't done. You're like, fuck, you've got to go back and do that. People are constantly yelling at you for things. And, like, it's just this for 12 hours, you know? Like, you're just moving all the time. Um, he used to come back as being a kitchen hand or whatever. He would, as a zombie, every day... Turn on Netflix, go to the most mind-numbing shit, like that fucking rock movie about the tower, Spider-Man 3, uh-huh. pour himself a drink and start getting hammered. And, like, you just couldn't speak to him because he'd just be sitting there as a zombie watching something really easy to watch, turning his mind to soup by getting drunk. I think that that's just what happens when you are in a monotonous job. Well, that's the majority of That's the majority people. of people. 
was something that you said ages ago where you were just like, you know how every time a video goes viral, it's always very easy to consume. And you were just like, people don't really want to think. What? What do you mean? I remember you saying it years ago. When a video just goes like, viral, when a video it's goes viral, to... when a video goes viral, it's the the virality of it. There's something in it that's it's striking a chord. There's definitely that aspect to it, but it's also a bit basic. And as a result okay, of being yeah, yeah. a bit basic, it's easier to consume for everyone because they don't have to fucking think. Yeah, it's just people do avoid thinking. Actually, there's a great quote by Mark Twain, and he says something like that, which is that uh, man will do everything he can to avoid thinking. It is the hardest work of all. Uh, You know how you were saying, I disagree, it's kind of, you know, scaffolding and stuff is hard. Yes, it is very physically hard, but you know what? He's kind of right in the sense that writing, sitting down and writing for eight hours a day, I would guess that I am one of the best writers in the country by purely how much I do it. Still to this day, I'm always looking for excuses not to write. Always Uh looking for something else to distract myself with anything, anything at all. It's hard to sit down with your thoughts. It's a a difficult, difficult fucking task. Uh, Not laboriously difficult, but to sit there and do it. But as a result of doing it for years, you can't sit there and fucking watch Netflix. Like, it's horrible. I remember doing that and was sitting down really? with, with, with Misov and he'd just be conked out and I'd be sitting there, I'd watch like 10 minutes of it and be like, no, no, not vibing. What this. was the show? Fucking OC. He got into the <laughs> oh, okay. OC for a while. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was really into Spider-Man. All, yeah. Look, all... Dumbest fucking films, Marvel films, you know, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we'll we'll wrap this one up. But mm. uh, thanks for the, Christ- the the question, Chris. Hope you find some passion in Gosnell's, whether that's our physical passion or mental passion. Uh, I hope you find both. Uh, cheers for watching and or listening, guys. Like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, neilkohacker.com slash podcasts. We have subscriptions available. Follow, share this podcast, send it to a mate. We'll see you next time. See ya.